It's me, it's me, it's ABC. And welcome back to the ABC podcast, where I take modern dating and I disembowel it for your entertainment. If you want to call in, the number is going to be 563-999-3596. It's area code 563-999-3596. Welcome to the podcast, where I'm broadcasting from lovely Kent, Washington, my studio here. I did that all out of order, but who cares, right? So today, what I want to do, and you got to forgive my voice because I think I'm coming down with a cold again for the third time in like a month and a half. But um, so what I'm what I want to do today is it's Wednesday, so I'm going to do the Wednesday thing. So I'll find a I'll find like a blog post or something or a, some kind of a news article online, and I'll read it. And we'll go through it, and then we'll see how good the advice is because again. One thing I like to do is like pointing out crappy advice that people give to other people. So, you know, that's what that is. Okay, so let me get that ready, and let me get this ready. So we're going to do that today. It'll be a normal Wednesday thing. And if I have to see it, I have to see it. Hey, who cares, right? Um, so let's see. Oh, but first, right? Two points of order for my first. Number one, um, let's see. I want to read because I was sent a... Oh, it sent a, a photo on Facebook, and it was a clipping from Dear Abby. And a friend of mine, a friend of mine on my Facebook, named Linda, she sent it. She sent it to me. So, what I want to do is I want to read it because I think it's very, it's very apt. And it's from Dear Abby. It's from the Dear Abby column, but it's from like it was, it's an actual newspaper clipping from back when there were newspapers, out of many, many moons ago. <laughs> So what I want to do is I want to read it because I think it's pretty, I think it sums up a lot. So it says, Dear Abby, back in 1963, your mother printed a great definition of maturity. And you have to remember, um, when they say your mother printed, when they talk about Dear Abby or Ann Landers, Dear Abby was, um, Dear Abby was started back in like the 20s or 30s or something like that, maybe the 40s, way back when, and the woman who started Dear Abby had two daughters, and they carried on the legacy. So when they say your mother printed, they, they're talking about the original Dear Abby. So uh, there's that. And it says, Dear Abby, back in 1963, your mother printed a great definition of maturity. My copy has become worn and tattered. Any chance you can print it again? Um, from Helen Resendez, uh, San Jose, California. It says, Dear Helen, I am pleased to print it again. My mother is a wise woman. Here it is. Maturity is, listen up people, because think about what's going on nowadays. Maturity is the ability to stick with a job until it's finished, the ability to do a job without being supervised, the ability to carry money without spending it, and the ability to bear an injustice without wanting to get revenge, or without wanting to get even. How much of that just defines things that aren't going on today? Like, seriously. Okay, we can talk about the ability to stick with a job until it's finished, and those things are the ability to do a job without being supervised. But the ability to carry money without spending it, financial responsibility is the is one of the is one of the linchpins of maturity. And a lot of younger people nowadays just don't they see they want especially the younger women they want the they want the six figure earners why because they see the lifestyle they see the lifestyle on 
on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all these social medias, right? They see all this. And so what they want is they want the six-figure earner so they can spend that money living that lifestyle. And that's not what it is. Like I heard, uh, um, I listened to, I think it was a video. It may have been on either YouTube or Facebook. But um, he interviewed a woman and the woman was being interviewed and she said that, Oh, no, no, I think the woman actually posted a video or it was something. But she said that if uh, if a man can't take her out to live this lifestyle, then it's he's not worth it to her. And I'm like, wow, because she said if he's rich, something about if he's rich, then he wouldn't mind doing that. And I think one of the things, one of the one of the one of the examples was was it clothes? It might have been something with his outfit, like if he couldn't afford if he couldn't afford to wear a certain brand or something like that, then she automatically knew that he was the one for him. And it was ridiculous because everybody in the comments was saying, dude, if he's rich, he's not gonna wear those brands, and that's why he's rich. So you see where the you see where the um you see where the breakdown is in logic. But this is what a lot of young women are coming up to believe. They're coming up to believe that because, and this is why a lot of black women are getting getting ran through by Tyrone, Pookie, and Ray Ray is because they see these men with this, with all these things, the navigator, the chains, the the, the rings and the Jordans and all, and the nice jeans, double jeans and all this stuff. And they they fall in love with that because they think that because this guy's wearing this stuff, he has the money, not even realizing that because he spent the money on all this stuff, he no longer has the money. And then when they finally get with her, oh, my God, he's so broke. How does he? Well, we could have told you that from the beginning. So, again, the, the, one of the linchpins of maturity is financial responsibility. And then the last one is probably the most, the most appropriate for these times going on now, and that's the ability to bury the justice without wanting to get even. Because everything you hear nowadays, especially from the left, is, well, this was an injustice committed against these people, injustice committed against that people, and now we need to get even because of... And it's like, why? If you're a mature person, if you're a thinking person, if you're a rational person, and you'll be able to look at things that happen to you and be like, okay, it happened. Let's move on. But for some people, they just can't. And again, this isn't a political show, so I'm not going to, it's not a political show anymore. So I'm not going to delve into the nuts and bolts of that because there are reasons why that is. But suffice it to say that too many of our, especially our younger generation, especially the ones coming out of university, they see, they're trained to see injustice and they're pushed to want to get even. And that is not maturity at all. Maturity is maturity is being able to bear the injustice or see the injustice and know that whatever higher power somebody believes in, it's up to that to handle to handle it. It's not up to you to it's not up to you to fight that battle for them. That is between them and whatever God they whatever God they worship. So that's that. I thought that was like I thought that was a great friggin' clip. Like I, don't know, I had to, I had to heart that one because it was, it was I thought it was just great. That's number one. Number two, point of order number two. I want to talk to you men for a second because something kind of dawned on me when I was watching some criticism clips about um, fresh and fit and whatever, what mostly fresh and fit. 
But it's fresh and fit and entertaining. They were criticizing. They were they were criticism videos, and a couple of points were valid. Most points were just, just lacked was just devoid of logic and any kind of reasoning or facts. But there was a couple of there were a couple of things that were like, yeah, okay, I guess I could see it. It's kind of true. But the one thing I want to say, the one thing I want to say, let me pull this thing closer. The one thing I kind of want to say is this. Men, I want to talk to the men for a second. Because if you listen to, and I know Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate and Myron Gaines, and the, they're catching fire, they're catching fire among the male, among the males in this country, especially westernized males. They've really caught fire and the message really took hold. But this is what I want to say to you, all right? You'll hear from people like Myron and Andrew that you need to have a certain amount of money. You need to live a certain lifestyle. Again, again, this goes back to what I just talked about in Dear Ebb. They say you need a certain, live a certain lifestyle and have a certain, have a certain amount of money. In order to do that, you have to do things like start your own business or get into crypto or something like that. And for a lot of us, myself included, because me, I get, I got, I posted something on my Facebook. I can't remember what it was. But one of my posts on Facebook, and somebody came and left a comment and said that I needed to stop being a worker bee and be an entrepreneur. Now, what he doesn't understand, and I had to come back on, I had to come back on him. But what he doesn't understand is that myself and a lot of guys like me, especially a lot of guys at my job, and a lot of guys in jobs that that are like that are in my industry. Hell, a lot of people, a lot of guys in jobs, period, who are worker bees, a lot of us worker bees aren't cut out to be entrepreneurs. That's why we're worker bees. Like Kevin Samuel said, 95% of new businesses fail within the first five years. So, again, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. I know it's not for me. That's why I never started a business. I could start a business. I could start a business tomorrow. I know how. But entrepreneurship entrepreneurship just isn't for me. If I start a business, it's going to fail. I know this because I just don't have the head. To, I just don't have the head for all those things. I, me, I'm the kind. I'll give an assignment. I'll carry out the assignment, and the assignment will be carried out perfectly because I'm a perfectionist. But one thing I cannot do, I'm not good at. I'm, I'm good at multitasking, but I'm just not good at 24 hours a day knowing where everything, knowing where everything is or what everything is doing. That's just not me. All right, I'll focus on one thing at a time. And to be an entrepreneur, you need to you need to have a head for all of that. And I just don't. And I get that. I'm okay with my limitations. I'm I'm good with it. This is why I'm a worker bee. Does it make a lot of money? No. But here's what. But here's what I want to tell you and other people. I want to tell people who are like me, who are worker bees, who make that twenty five thirty dollars an hour on their job. This is what I want to tell you. It's okay that you make $25 an hour. It's okay that you make $60,000, $70,000 a year. That's fine. Now, if you think that you're not going to, if you think that you're not going to get the quote unquote hot chick or be able to date or have fun or have fun or whatever because you only make $60,000. And this even, I even heard from Kevin Samuels when he was alive that, you know, the average guy makes $60,000 and he has all these women that, that, Come on, asking for the hundred thousand dollar men, and so it leaves you thinking that if you want a chance at finding love, you need to make a hundred thousand dollars. I can see on the surface where, you, on the, just looking at it on the surface, I can see where you would think that, right? However, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. 
to make that kind of money. See, everybody wants to say that you need to start the business. You need to get into crypto. You need to do this. You need to do that. And then when you ask them, okay, well, what what kind of sector should I get in? And they'll point you something. They'll point you to something that'll make them money. If you get into it, it'll make them money. So stop with that. All right. Here's what you do. You don't have to be. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to get into crypto. But if you take a certain amount of your paycheck of your disposable wages, and even if it's not much, just take something and you put it into something like the stock or a bond. You don't have to spend much, but just invest a little bit at a time. That's what I did. I got into I got into cannabis. I did. I got into cannabis way back in 2017. I'm not seeing returns now. That's fine. But I didn't my investment wasn't that heavy. But the potential there is magnificent because of where this country is going with with respect to um, acceptance of cannabis on the open market. So I honestly have faith. Now I didn't I didn't my investment isn't that big, maybe like a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars or something like that. Really minimal, right? But I feel like I have enough to where if something takes off, something will take off and it's gonna make me a great deal of money. Hopefully. I don't know if it's going to do time will bear that out. If time doesn't bear that out then I'm not it's no sweat off of my back because it's only, what, two weeks wages or something like that for me. So I'm not worried about it. It's just that, you know, it's just something I did. But there are much more, there are much more established, stable, nice paying stocks for you to, for you to get into. So you don't have to. So again, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. Well, good thing about capitalism that everybody forgets trying while they're trying to dismantle capitalism. One thing about one great thing about capitalism that everybody forgets is the fact that literally anybody can buy shares, buy shares of ownership in any company that's on the market. You can buy shares of Apple. You can buy shares of Microsoft. You can buy shares of Hewlett Packard and and Canon and whatever it is, Samsung or. You can buy shares of all of this stuff, and it'll make you money. Why? Because as a businesses make money, then they give you, because you invested in them, they have to give you a cut of that money. Now, however, the cut that they give you is directly proportional to the amount of shares you have. Understood. However, if you if you navigate the if you navigate the investment education sector and you learn about something called dividend reinvestment program, then you can actually expand your shares without even looking. <laughs> You know, so there's that's something to look into, and like literally anybody could do that, whether you're an entrepreneur or a worker bee like me. And that's how that's another way how you can you can build your wealth in your portfolio. So don't think that just because you're not an entrepreneur and you're not one of these Andrew Tate people spending all of his money on stupid things trying to get all these hot women. No, no, no. Just let's be let's be mature. Let's do something smart with our money. And let's put it in a place where we can actually get the returns from it without with minimal with minimal output. So that's that. So guys, you can absolutely do that. And then once that money starts flowing, then we can talk about then we can talk about improving improvement of your station. Just just that alone will improve your station if you're a worker bee. I'm just telling you that right now. On to the lecture. Now 
Um, let's see. I pulled up. I went to Google them again. I pulled up an article, and this article is. Let's see. Hold on. Let me let me try to adjust this because it's like covering a whole lot. I shouldn't, but I have all this covered. Okay, cool. Now, this is relationship advice. This comes from what's this? Hiley.com, H-I-L-Y.com. And it's relationship advice for women for women that will help your love life. So I guess they pointed this at women. So I'm gonna talk I guess I'll be talking to the women now, right? So let's see, table of contents, the top relate top twenty five relationships for women. Important new relationship advice. Balance is key. That's true. Final thought. The best relationship of life for women. Okay, so that's what's up. Now, let's see. The top 25 relationship tips for women. Uh, they can be a mystery sometimes. Uh, not really. See, the, the first the first line they're coming out with cap. No. Men, we're not a mystery. Anybody, anybody who deals with men on a regular basis knows that men are not a mystery. We're not. We're very, actually, we're very straightforward. Deal with us just deal with us on the level. That's it. That's all we require. You deal with us on the level. If you communicate, communicate with us on the level. If you if you need some if you need us to do something, communi- communicate. Just deal with us on the level and we're fine. But it's just that once you try to throw all the throw all these curveballs at us, then and then under, and then expect us to understand what's going on, that's where you lose the game. So there's really nothing mysterious about men. It's just that women, you need to learn how to deal with us on the level, and on on our level, not on your, not in your dime. Because your dime, we, I get it. There's a lot of us who do know how to deal with us on our level. That's that's fine. But there are too many there are too many women out there that that go around all around the shop makers bench and expect their man to understand what it is they're saying and then they get mad when their when their man doesn't understand what you're saying. And so that starts conflict and then go back to yesterday's show about conflict resolution. Let's see, man or miss you sometimes as cap. What a what uh one that could drive a woman mad. No, no, no again. Let's stop the cap here. We women drive themselves batty because they deal with men. They deal with men on the way, on the level that they deal with each other. This is the problem with a lot of women. When they deal with men, they deal with men as if they were, as if those men were other women. No, don't do that. Again, you'll drive yourself crazy doing this. Not that drive, and not that men being a mystery because men aren't a mystery. The only reason why men are a mystery is because you're treating them like you would do women. You deal with them like you do women. So don't do that. You'll drive yourself batty. So it's not the man's fault. It's their fault. You drive yourself bad because you're not you're not paying attention to how to deal with a man. Let's see. Uh, remember these things to keep calm. Next time you're about to enter the dating scene. Number one. Don't expect that they can read your mind. It's good advice. Many women have unrealistic expectations about their partners. The biggest mistake is assuming that their partner can read their mind. Don't assume that they will just know. This is what I was just saying. You had a, uh, just don't assume that they will just know that you had a bad day or that something they did or didn't uh, do upset you. Go back to yesterday's show and I talk all about that. No matter how intuitive they may be, uh, they have no idea what's going on in your head. Instead of pulling the I'm fine uh, card and harboring resentment for the cluelessness, you should speak your mind. It will make things easier for both of you. Okay, so here's the thing about that, women. You're notorious. You're notorious for doing this. You'll be pissed off 
you'll be you'll be huffing and puffing, arms across, um, scowl on your face, and when men ask what's wrong, you say nothing. I'm fine. And then you do it, and you do it, and you do it. Here's the thing. Here's where you here's where you crash the plane with that women. You throw out all these signals that you're upset, and then when a man asks what's wrong, you say you're fine. You do that enough times, and the man will take the signal. The man will take all those cues and think you're fine. And then you're mad at them because they think that you're fine when you're really not. But you told us you're fine. So understand where you're driving yourself mad doing this. Again, we got to go back to this post. Earlier in the post, they said you drive yourself mad. You drive yourself crazy doing this. Again, deal with us on our level, on the level. If there's something wrong, tell us something's wrong. That way we don't associate your cues and then you saying you're fine then we won't associate those kids with you being fine. Because every time you're stomping around and you have your arms crossed and you're huffing and puffing, we think, oh, yeah, there she goes again. She's fine. So we're just not going to give a shit. We're just going to keep going, you know? And then you're all huffing and puffing because, well, he should know something I'm wrong. He should know something wrong. No, we shouldn't because every time you strike that pose, you say you're fine. So we think you're fine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's training a dog. When you train a dog, right? When you train your dog, because I, I know I've done, I've trained my dog. When I train my dog, I train my dog, I give my dog a reward for certain behaviors, right? I, I, I give a command, if the dog executes the behavior, then I give him a treat. It's called, it's the, re, it's the, it's a reward, reward something in, in psychology, but basically your, your brain derives pleasure for rewards. And so that teaches you, that teaches you that uh, this cue, you do this, you get a reward, your brain likes it. Then it kind of the same way. If we see something and you say something, then we learn to associate this with that. We learn to associate A with B. A being your posture, B being your words. So when your words, when you associate the words with the posture, then we associate the words with the posture, and then that's it. That's how we're trained. So you're training us to you're training us to see this posture and associate it with you're fine. So I'm not sure how I'm not sure why you expect us to think after so many times of doing this, after so many times of associating that posture with you're fine, then I'm not sure why after so many times of doing this, then you would expect us to know that everything is not fine because you're not telling us everything is not fine. You're telling us everything is fine. So again, that's how, this is how you, because how you crash the place. You, it, it, you to, again, you have to excuse me. I have, I have this cold and I'm like running like Flojo here. Um, number two, don't avoid your problems. Go back to yesterday's show. Oh my God, yesterday's show is like, it's coming back. Fold and fold and fold. Don't avoid your problems. Remember what I said about the duffel bag in yesterday's show? Because once you avoid your problems, it's like putting it in a duffel bag. And then you have another, and you put it in a duffel bag. And you have another, and you put it in a duffel bag. And then you have another one, you put it in a duffel bag. Pretty soon, that duffel bag is going to be full. Pretty soon, it's going to get to a point where you're not going to be able to close that duffel bag. And the frustration from not being able to close that duffel bag is going to make you explode because of all that things, all those things that's already in there. When you're ready... You just dump it out. You dump it out all over your partner. And now your partner doesn't know what to do because he has all this stuff coming out of him all of a sudden from left field. And then you expect him to just deal with it. It's really not fair. But let's see. Don't avoid your problems. You see, problems only tend to get worse when you place them in avoidance mode. 
Rather than avoiding them, you should talk to you should talk with your partner instead. This will save you from having bigger problems in the future. Exactly. Please, please go back to yesterday's show. I talk all about this. And see, it says avoidance is never the solution. Avoiding your problems don't avoiding your problems doesn't make them go away. Avoiding relationships doesn't cure your relationship issues. Avoiding your feelings doesn't restore them. So why not do away with avoidance completely? Why not choose courage instead? I guess Call Me Daddy wrote that in. Let's see. Number three. Love is more than physical attraction. Absolutely. Generally speaking, you are first pulled in by their looks. Is what I say. The looks are the first thing. Uh, I said, I think, on the show at some point last week where I said, um, you know, you you look and you, are, you already know whether you're attracted to them. Like within 10 seconds of seeing them, you know you're attracted to them or you know you're not. But some people, that's all it boils down to is, oh, my God, this person's attractive. They, what they call it, the Madonna syndrome, where somebody's, like, really attractive, and then they get they get more, I guess, favorable treatment or whatever. But when you're talking about, when you're talking about physical attraction, that's not all it is. But a, a lot of people act like that's what that is all it is, is physical attraction. This, and if, as long as I'm physically attracted, then we can work everything, everything else out. And that's like that's literally not true. Physical attraction, yeah, it's a good thing, but I'd rather have honest and genuine chemistry, psychological, spiritual chemistry with somebody, than uh, than physical attraction. Because I'm gonna tell you what, I'll tell you what. I see guys, right? Handsome dudes. My neighbor, my neighbor. He he's he's a shining example of this. His wife, two, maybe three at best, but. And again, what what he sees, I can see what he sees in her because she is. I mean, she's got she. She's a bit of a spitfire. She has a temper. Okay, granted, I've seen it, but um, she's a good woman. She really is. She really good. Takes good care of them. Then they have that chemistry going, right? So again, I'd rather have that honest chemistry and then work out the attraction part later. Because as long as you have that chemistry, you can laugh together and. You can joke together and you have fun together and you can talk to her and you feel comfortable with her and you feel comfortable with him. And if you feel comfortable with your partner, the attraction part comes. The physical attraction part comes. It's not going to come as fast as, as you see somebody with who's physically attractive. However, that person is physically attractive. You're not going to have anything in common with. You have awkward moments of silence. You're always wondering what's going on in their mind. And then it comes to the point now where it's like, now you're texting him. I don't think this relationship's going anywhere. And y'all do that to a lot of guys. Then that's going to be another show coming. But still, for the points of for purposes of this conversation here, just know that physical attraction isn't everything. It's better to have a spiritual connection, of a spiritual, psychological, just all-around connection, and then work out attraction later. Because with all that other stuff, attraction will come. It may not come as soon, but attraction will come, and you're going to see this person in a different light. Especially when it comes to, especially when it comes to them being a rock for you. That one moment, that one moment. See, here's the thing, and nobody ever thinks about this. Nobody ever thinks about the one moment, right? What's the one moment? The one moment is the moment where something happens to you, and then you'll see you'll see the difference in the character response. 
Whereas that handsome, that handsome dude that you're physically attracted to, if something happens to you, they will flake out on you. And that other not so handsome dude that you have a lot of chemistry with will be there for you and he will be your rock. And that one moment, that's the one moment that will flip your whole mind. And that was the one moment that would make that other guy, the other not so handsome dude, that's what's going to make him physically attractive is the fact that he was there for you when this other guy wasn't. He was your rock when this other guy wasn't. And that's that one moment. Nobody ever thinks about that one moment, but that one moment is real. It's a real concept. Let's see. Um, generally speaking, you're first uh, pulled in by the looks. However, relationships only become real when you start bonding with your partner, is what I'm just saying. Don't try to act cool and hide your emotions, especially if you are in for the long haul. That's kind of disjointed, but I kind of understand what he's saying. Like, Don't be all freaking sundry about it. Just if you like him, tell him how you feel. And that's just it. All right. Now, it doesn't belong in that particular column, but I don't know. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but still. Let's see. Five. Stop fighting over stupid things. Relationships may be perfect at the very beginning with rainbows and hearts flying everywhere. It's the honeymoon phase and lasts about six months. As you get used to the relationship, you may get mad about different things. The fact that he forgot the text or left his socks on the floor may annoy you. Stop fighting your partner about these little things, and it's true. One of the one of the most one of the most perilous parts of a relationship is that transition between the romantic phase and the settle phase, right? Romantic phase is romantic phase lasts the first six weeks. The problem is people go in with the expectation that the romantic phase is going to be forever. And it's not. There's going to come a time where the settling phase come in in about six six months to twelve months. And that's when you're, that's when most of the anger starts happening because you're noticing that they have these little annoying things, these little annoying quirks and habits that just rub you the wrong way. And because it shatters your, it shattered whatever preconceived notion you had during the, or whatever notion that, that whatever notion that you developed, no matter how wrongly so, <laughs> during the relation, I mean, during the, 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 the honeymoon phase, it shatters that. It shatters your image, and it disappoints you. And again, unmet expectation. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's one of the pinnacles of conflict. It's one of the causes of conflict is unmet expectations. So you have these things. And again, they say in politics, the most damaging thing about politics, the most damaging thing that can happen to you in politics is something that changes the public's perception of who you are, right? This is why Donald Trump, this is why Donald Trump is still popular, is because everybody knows Donald Trump is Donald Trump, and Donald Trump has always been Donald Trump. This is Donald Trump being the way Donald Trump is, is no is no secret to anybody. This is how he is, this is how he's been. So when things happen, when this when the media tries to spin something, something that he said, and they're like, Oh, is Donald Trump being Donald Trump. This is how he is. He's he, he no matter what you may think about him as president, I happen to I happen to support certain parts certain aspects of a lot of the aspects of his pregnancy presidency. But I also understand Donald Trump Donald Trump is your typical Queens dude. And he's gonna say things that are off the cuff. So the way the media takes things 
like when he called certain people vermin, and they went, they tried to, they tried to run with that, and it's like, well, this is what people. I don't know how long, I don't know how much time he spent around people who are from Queens and Brooklyn, but this is what they do. So it's really not, it's really not a thing. Whereas you would have a scandal where they put a politician, they lionize a politician, they don't have the scandal. Like uh, I don't know, sticking a cigar up somebody's gooch. And they get it called out for it by by two or three other staffers, and that totally brings down, you know, that totally brings down the image of, let's say, a president, you know, let's say the forty second president, um, just for, you know, just to throw something out there. But again, the biggest the biggest scandals, the worst scandals that could happen, are ones that changes the public's perception. This is kind of the same thing, and I went, I said all that to say this. When you in during the romance phase, I mean during the honeymoon phase of it, of a new romance, you have this image built up of this person, and this image is based on flawed data, because you don't you don't have enough information about this person overall, unless this is your best friend that you happen to fall in love with. Then that's kind of different, because that happens too. But um, if it's something like you met this guy at Hinge or Tinder or something like that, and you get together and you and you guys and y'all like each other. But you have this image of them built. You have this image of them built that's based on flawed data. And so when the when that relationship enters the trans I mean when the honeymoon phase enters that transitional phase, you learn you learn all the data that you should have known from back then. This is why this is why people who know each other for longer the longer people know each other before a relationship is started, the longer it is that they'll that they'll stay together once it lasts. And there's a whole lot of things that goes into how long people will stay together. Uh, sleeping around is one. Um, family dynamics growing up is another. So there's a lot. But one of the one of the benchmarks is how long two people have known each other before even starting a romance. So when people know each other longer, they have that data to work with, whereas people who meet online or whatever, they they get together, they start dating, they just meet each other and they, they talk and they start dating. They're working with a flawed side of data. So understand that once that transition happens and now you find yourself getting mad at people or getting mad at your partner because now you're learning this data that you should have known from like way back when and now it's rubbing you the wrong way. Understand that you were working with a flawed side of data. You got to learn to swallow that and take this data as learning points. Now, if this is something that was it's an absolute deal breaker that you're finding out, like, I don't know why people leaving clothes on the floor would be a deal breaker. I don't know. But if you're that friggin' rigid about your, your expectations in a relationship, well, then it is what it is. But most of the time, little things like that or little things like how they brush their teeth or the fact that they make noise when they chew, that's little things, and that's lit. those things are too petty to be irked by. So again, if that's the kind of thing that irks you, you need to look at you, look, you need to look inside yourself and figure out why, and then try to change that. Because romance isn't going to be the thing for you if that if you're that if you're of that mindset. Let's just put it that way. Let's see. Uh, number six: Don't rush your relationship. While we obviously think about what's ahead, we shouldn't rush it. Take your time and let things unveil themselves. Almost every man will freak out if they hear you hinting about a diamond ring in the, in the first few months of dating. Women do that 
and they they're honestly shocked by the man's reactions. Like they'll sometimes they'll do it as a joke or they'll they'll do it seriously. And then when they don't get the reaction that they want, they'll say, "Oh, it's a joke." No, women don't do that. I just met you. I don't want to. I don't want to think about a diamond ring yet because I don't even know you. Like you're talking about getting engaged, and I don't even have a full set of data to work with to know that if this to know if an engagement's going to work out. So why why are you on Q and we haven't made it to G yet? So there we go. See seven practice active listening. It's easy to let your mind wander when somebody else is talking. Uh, we focus on what they're saying, but we only hear the words. We don't really understand the meaning. If you want a healthy relationship based on communication, you should practice active listening and really understand what the other uh, person is trying to tell you. This goes again. This goes back to yesterday's show. Now, women, when you're dealing with other women, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that flies. When you're dealing with men, men will tune you out quickly. Why? Because men. That's good. If you don't get to the point within the first 15 seconds of the conversation, then you lost us. That's a very important, that's a very important thing to keep in mind. If you, if you, if you take your time trying to get to your point, then you lose your audience. You just do. This is a thing that I've noticed on like when I did YouTube videos and then I started to do Rumble videos and I'm looking around on TikTok, right? Why did TikTok take off like it did? Why did take why did TikTok just hit the scene? It's not it has nothing to do with the Chinese Communist Party. But what it, what it was is that TikTok, the creators of TikTok over in China, there's one thing that the creators of TikTok understood is that human beings have for as long as human beings have been around, they digest data in short clips. And again, if you if you go over four minutes trying to get trying to get to the point of a video. Then you lose your audience. This is what I find. This is why I try to keep all my videos under four minutes. If I if I hit three and a half minutes, I'm getting nervous and I'm thinking about deleting the video. I, I literally try to keep my videos within three minutes. Now, my blog talk radio shows, okay, fine. They're an hour long because I have a lot of information. I, I put out a lot of information in, a, in an hour. I put out a lot of you know opinions and things like that in an hour and things that'll help. But when you're talking about like videos and stuff, if you don't get to the point, and this is why, again, this is why I try not to spend too much time on my butt first, because my and honestly, I spend time on my butt first. But when I do my butt first, I get right to the point. I get right to the point of it. I don't do this whole build up to my point, and then like ten minutes later, I state my point. No, I say butt first. Then I say, let me talk to the men. Men. Let me tell you what's going on here. This, 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 and that. And I try to do that within the first three minutes of saying, but first. I, there's a reason for that. And then when I say on to the lecture, I tell you what the, I just tell you what the lecture is going to be about before, uh, before I say anything. I say in today's show, and I give you the subject of the lecture, and then I say, but first, and I get the but first out of the way. And then I say, on to the lecture. And then I get right to the point of the lecture. I don't do this whole build up, and I don't talk about this person and that person, and what this person did and what that person did. Women, you do this, all right? You talk, you don't get to the point. You talk about all kinds of other extraneous circumstances, and you talk about what this person did, what that person did, and then all kinds of stuff, and then by the time you get around to the point, you already lost your audience. You already lost the guy. And then you want to talk about the guy's not active listening. Of course not, because you didn't get to the point within the first couple of minutes. Ladies, it's fine that you want to talk about all this other stuff. It really is. However, if you get to the point 
right away, then you can talk about all these other things, right? But the problem is you want to you want to put the cart before the horse. You want to talk about all these other things first, and then expect them to then expect them to act and listen when you actually get to the point. Well, when you talk about all these other things first, you lost your audience, and so by the time you get around to the by the time you get around to the point, he's no longer active listening. Whereas all you have to do is get to the point on the outset. If you get to the point on the outset, then you have an audience, and then maybe you'll you'll be able to engage you on these all these other things. So that's just something to keep in mind. Let's see. Number eight, learn to compromise. Compromises are essential for a relationship to function properly. Think about how this will affect you in the long run. It's worth getting, is it worth getting stressed over it? No matter what you're arguing about, try compromising. You still might not be happy about it, but your love life will thank you. It's kind of true. Here's the thing. Compromise. See, a lot of people, especially nowadays, they don't want to compromise. It's all about them. And if they don't get what they want, they forget it, right? It's like... Think about the women of those interviews who say they need man needs to be this tall and have this kind of build with a full head of hair and he needs to make um, this amount of money and he needs to have this assets and if not it's a deal breaker. And then you ask them, what do you bring it to the table? Myself. What kind of compromise is that? Look, I get it that you're probably I get it that you're probably used to getting your way. Or you're used to people bringing you things, or you used to um, you used to be just being able to go out and get, you know, hit a button and get what you need to get. There's the whole uh, like the whole gig thing. Hit a button and a car comes and it'll take you. You don't even have to hail a cab anymore. You just hit a button and a car comes gets you. Uh, hit a button and food comes to you. Hit a button and whatever you want, Amazon will send it to you. I get it. We're we're used to that. But in relationships, you got to compromise. Like I tell a lot of women, and a lot of women hate me for saying this, and I don't know why, because it's absolutely true. A lot of women hate me for saying this because they think that they're entitled to a long-term relationship on their whim. And I say, no. If you want a long-term relationship, you got to learn to play the man, play that man's game. So if this is a man that you want a long-term relationship with, you better figure out what he wants it and be that. And they get mad at me when I say that. And it's like, don't get mad at me. This is how it is. It sucks. I get it. It sucks. However, like it, it sucks for men that in order to, if we want to hook up with a girl, we have we kind of have to be what that girl is expecting, right? Or else we're not going to hook up with her. Now, a lot of men, a lot of men are like, screw that. The hookup's not even worth it, right? And this is the whole basis of the big town movement. But if you know, for us normies, if we see a girl we want to hook up with her. You know, we kind of have to be what they are, or else we have to kind of be what they want, or else we're not going to hook up with her. It's the same thing, ladies, if you want a long-term relationship with a man. You kind of have to be what that man wants. And it's amazing how many women are on these dating apps who lay out their list of desires as if, as if they're in control of something. They say, well, if... If you're this, I don't want to be with you. If you're this, I don't want to be with you. If you're this, I don't want to be with you. Not understanding that they do not control whether or not they're in a, they get into a long-term relationship. The, the man actually has to regret that. The man actually has to say yes, because there's no way you'll be in a long-term relationship with yourself. You need the man's approval for that. And if the man comes to you and says that he wants a long-term relationship with you, and then you have that control, like, he'll give you that control to say either yes or no, that's rare. 
But most of the time, if you fancy somebody, you have to talk. And that man has to figure out if you're what he wants. And if you're not what he wants, you got to learn to play his game. You got to learn to compromise. You got to learn to give up some of your beliefs if that's the man you want to be with. That's all I got to say. Excuse me. Number nine. Have your own life. This is a good one because, again, it's, it's fodder for a lot of debate. Now, I'm of the mindset that, yes, having your own life is a good thing. However, having only your own life is a bad thing. And what I mean is that. What I mean is this. If you can't do anything with your significant other, then why even with them? Why? Now, I get it. There are just some interests you have that they don't. There are some interests that they have that you don't. Understood. You go do your interests, they go do their interests, and then the two of you will come together. But if you don't have any shared mutual interests, then why are you even together? How, do, how was it that you even got together and you don't even have any, any uh, mutual interests? So, again, you got to do things together. That's the whole together part of being together, is that you're together, doing things together. So, have those things that you do together. Anyway, let's see. It says, have your own life. Keeping your relationship strong doesn't mean you have to be glued to the hip. True. Having your own life makes your connection strong, uh, can make your connection strong instead. They say that time, and God dang, I know I can't read it because I can't see it because there we go. Uh, they say that time apart makes your heart grow fonder, and I couldn't be any closer to the truth. Do some related, do some related reading for your project while your partner watches a game in the living room. Spend time with your friends, and sometimes uh, spend time with your friends sometimes while your partner cracks open a cold one with the boys. These moments of distance will make you enjoy your time together even more, even more. And again, have the things you do because once you start doing everything together, then you lose. It becomes repetitious because you're always doing something together, and you lose that sense of individuality. And in a relationship, yeah, even the Bible said, "Man shall cleave, man shall, uh, man shall leave his father, and mother, and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh." Understood, but even that one flesh means that they become they become one of one mind when it comes to running a family. It does not mean that you're joined at the hip, doing everything together. Um, the healthiest relationships, everybody is where you have a lot of mutual interests, but you have interests outside. Like, if I'm watching the game, if I'm watching the Trojans beat the Bruins, which hopefully will happen next year, but um, watching the Trojans beat the Bruins, you know, my girlfriend's out um, helping her mom do something. And again, it's just, it's her time to do things with her family, it's my time to catch, it's my time to catch up on the games. Or if I'm here recording and my girlfriend's at work or whatever, you know, and then on the weekends, if there's something we want to do or somewhere we want to go, we'll go. That's just it. That just makes for a more healthy, balanced relationship. Number 10, don't settle for less. Okay, here's here's where I have this problem. Okay, the plane was flying high until, until this, but let's see what it says. Most people settle for individuals that are good enough out of fear that they will remain completely alone. While you shouldn't hold out for Mr. Perfect, at least you should wait for Mr. Right. Settling for Mr. Good Enough may just make you feel miserable as time goes by. Yes and no. Here's the deal. I, wow, I really have a problem with saying don't settle for less. Because when you say don't settle for less, women have taken this whole don't settle for less thing, and they've run with it so far 
that they're passing up great guys chasing Chad because they think that Chad is the pinnacle of what they could get, and if they could get Chad, that'll be it. Their life would be their life would be settled. You know, he makes a hundred thousand dollars, so their life would be peachy. He's handsome, so there'd never be a problem with sexual attraction or anything like that. They think that the pinnacle of their life would be if they got with Chad. However, they re- what they fail to realize is that in their quest for Chad, again in their in the rose-colored glasses they wear, looking at Chad, they, they overlook the fact that all these other women are chasing Chad, too, and that Chad has his options, and Chad's going to do one of two things. All right, because remember, Chad doesn't give a shit. Chad doesn't give a shit about your feelings. He just wants to get his rocks off. So here's what he's going to do. Either he'll... He's got all these other women, so either he'll sleep with you and then sleep with all these other women just because he wants to get his rocks off, or he'll look past you the next one, that's maybe a little younger, maybe a little hotter, and then he'll go for her. So when you say don't settle for less, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you have to. Sometimes if you are less, you settle for less. And a lot of women, again, a lot of women get pissed off when I tell them that. Well, if you're less, you have to settle for less. Well, I'm not less. Well, excuse me, but if you can point me to, if you can point me to your bodily portfolio, then I'll believe you. Otherwise, or if you can point to the magazine covers that you graced, then I'll believe you. Or if you point, if you can point me to where you were a leading lady in a major movie because of your looks, I'll believe you. Until then, showing your booty on Instagram doesn't mean you're worth any more than than another girl who's actually like, well, not actually, but another girl who may be working at Taco Bell or something like that, or maybe not doing much, but is equal to you in looks. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, so when you say don't settle for less, sometimes you have to because you are less. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with being less. There really isn't. Not everybody could be a fashion model. Not everybody could be a leading actress. Not everybody could be that. You may think you are because you post booty shots on Instagram, but again, not, just be, be happy with the fact that you're be happy with the fact that you're less. All right, and then. Shoot for somebody that's in your lane. Go back to, um, I did a show on sexual market value. Go back to that show and I'll explain it to you. 11, accept the differences between you and your current boyfriend. Uh, Let's see, we are all our own people. You may think that your soulmates are not like the same things, but even they may have their differences. For for, For instance, most of you may have may love literature, but appreciate different genres. Or both, or both of you may be travel freaks, but love different destination types. True. Accept these differences and move on. Excuse me. Um, true. Uh, one thing that I see a lot of, especially on these dating sites, is that women, what you're asking for is you in a man's body. Everything, you're, all your demands, he has, he has to be caring, kind, compassionate. He has to be a good communicator. He has all this stuff, right? Yeah, God forbid the woman's a professional. Then he, she wants somebody that's, quote, unquote, on his level making six figures. So, again, everything you're asking for is basically you packaged in a man's body. No, accept the differences between men and women. Again, stop dealing with men the way you deal with women. Stop expecting men to be women in men's bodies. It's just It just doesn't happen. 
I mean, it does happen, but then when you get with him, you realize he's a beta, and you're and you're done with him anyway after the first few months. So again, go back. Admit that I think I did in that same show about sexual market value. When I say that when you ask for a man, when you ask for a woman in a man's body, and you get it, and then you complain because he's not masculine. There you go. Except the differences between you and your current boyfriend. Well, chase your own happiness. Yeah, please. Now, chasing your own happiness doesn't mean getting back on the single market because those videos are out there, too, where women left marriages of 20, 25, 30 years to try to get back on, on the dating scene because they seen something on Instagram that they long for. I go back to uh, go back to the New Year's show when I, when I talk about Eve and what she longed for. It wasn't good. But chase your own happiness. Yeah, chase your own happiness. Your happiness should not be wrapped up in your boyfriend. Just like men, your happiness should not be wrapped up in your girlfriend. Your happiness should be wrapped up in your self-improvement. That's everybody across the board. So again, chase your own happiness. Number 13, don't take them for granted. That's a, this is a big one because a lot of women take their men for granted. Then they start expecting their men to do the things that... So I did a show, right? I always I always go back to my shows. I did a show where I, where I said, if your man does something... There's a show on appreciation, right? And I said, look, if your man does something, appreciate it. Give us some appreciation. I, and I told, I gave the story of uh, of the barista, the male barista. And I said, if you want your man, if you want that male to keep making you great, great cups of coffee, I said, walk up to him, tip him, and compliment him on the, on the wonderful cups of coffee he makes. And you tell him, I'm coming back to you because you make the, every time I come here, I'm coming to you because you make the best coffee. And you tip him. That will give that man all the incentive he needs to make the best cup of coffee he can for you. If not, if nobody else, then for you. Don't take him for granted just because he works at a, just because he's a bar Easter and he's supposed to make you coffee anyway, so it's supposed to be great. No, if he makes a great cup of coffee, appreciate it. Let's see. Once you get settled into, don't take them for granted. Once you get settled into a relationship, you get used to them being there for you. Eventually, you begin taking them for granted, thinking they will always be there for you. Exactly, right? Rather than doing that, ask them about their needs and try to make an effort for them. This is what a lot of women lack because a lot of women they still expect men to put out all the effort. They expect men to pay to do to take them, pay to plan the date and all this stuff and bring them flowers and buy them this and buy them that. Take them here, take them there. And then when they get a relationship, they get in a relationship and stuff starts happening. Now they're changing because it's not happening anymore. Uh, how about how about lady? Why don't you put in some effort? Because here's the thing about us men that you need to come to understand: men will only put forth an effort until he realizes that it's not being reciprocated. And when that happens, you're done. Because you're not going to get men to... If men, once men get to that realization that they're not being appreciated anymore or it's not being reciprocated, I did a show on that. Once men... I think it was the same show. But once men figure out that it's not being reciprocated, he's not going to put out the effort anymore. And you're just screwed at that point. You have to make all kinds of monumental efforts to get him re-engaged. So that's that. Let's see. I refer to he says, it's very important to realize that everyone potentially has a breaking point. And if their needs are not met or they or they don't see feel seen by the other, they will more than likely find it somewhere else. And that's kind of true. My show I did on AI. Please listen to that show because that show encapsulated that whole thought right there. If you're not giving it to your man, your man doesn't even have to go out to cheat anymore. 
he doesn't have to go out to sleep with any other women. Because usually dealing with other women on that level, trying to get needs fulfilled, trying to get psychological needs fulfilled, usually comes usually comes with the ever-present specter of sleeping with them. Whereas a guy with, with a man who can go to AI, get propped up, because remember, AI is programmed with... Um, Programmed with all the psychological, psychotherapeutic knowledge of, of the internet now. And that's a lot of knowledge. More knowledge than what we can comprehend. Once AI compiles that and uses it to make your man feel better, he doesn't need you anymore because he can just go to AI and AI will do that for him. I'm telling you, AI is deep. Go back to that show. I explained it all. 14. Never tolerate abuse. Ever tolerate abuse. Here's the thing you got to know what abuse is. A lot of women have no clue what abuse is. A lot of women think that because their man ignores them, that's abuse. Or because their man doesn't give them $5 when they ask for it, that's abuse. Or because their man criticizes something they do, that's abuse. No, that's not abuse. All right? Abuse is is a constant. Abuse is constant. Abuse is severe. Right? Physical abuse, of course. He, he, he's blacking your eye. He's he, you know, he draws your blood. That's, a, that's of course, that's physical Emotional abuse is where it gets dicey. Emotional and verbal, verbal abuse is where it gets really dicey because verbal abuse usually amounts to nothing more than he said something I disagree with. Now I'm going to call that verbal abuse. That's not verbal abuse, all right? I don't, even know, I, I don't even know if I could put a solid definition as to what verbal abuse is. I mean, yeah, they could say mean things, yes. And if he, I guess if he says mean things on a constant basis, yeah, I guess I could amount to verbal abuse. But then again, saying mean things is like, okay. A lot of people say mean things. A lot of people say mean things consistently, like people troll boards. This is where the internet comes from. You know, this is where all the toxicity of the internet comes from. Okay, fine. Uh, but the thing mean things. Emotional abuse is, I guess, is along the lines of verbal abuse. It's, it's way too vague to even nail down because, again, emotional abuse is he said something and now my fifis are hurt. Well, Come on, right? So know what abuse is, and know when know when it's severe enough to make you want to leave. And a lot of people, they a lot of people, they think that okay, my boyfriend said something that hurt my fifis. Uh, I'm leaving him, but I'm gonna go go find something better. Not realizing that they're not going to get anything that's better than their current boyfriend or their ex boyfriend. You're not gonna get anything better than that. So there you go. Let's see, it says, as a woman, you should never tolerate abuse for your partner, no matter how no matter if it's physical or emotional. I just went through that. Once a man starts showing this kind of behavior, it will keep happening. If your man tries to degrade, belittle, or gaslight you, walk away. Yeah, if he degrades you, if he belittles you, or he gaslights you, that's tangible, right? Because you, you know if he's saying something mean to you or mean about you, right? Or even just mean in general. Now, if it's to he says something to you, me to you, okay, fine. If he says something mean about you, that's something. Um, and if it happens consistently, yeah, then you have all, you have all the, you have all the right to leave. It's fine. Go find, go find something that makes you happy. However, just remember that uh, you're not going to climb the station, you know. So just remember that. And then, uh, and then finally, and we're going to end with this: don't be passive or jealous. No one wants to share a man. That's quite fair. People at the top do. The show's coming on that. Um, however, there's very fine line between jealousy and downright possessiveness. This kind of this kind of behavior smothers to the point where you will push them away yourself, and that's a whole thing. Um, 
there's a lot more here, but we're going to end because we're out of time. But you get the you get the gist of what of what I've been saying is women, and this would this article is pointed at women, but women that's a lot of these things, and you could go to the article yourself. I think I'll post it on the I think I'll post it when when I'm done with this. But a lot of you women kill your own relationships, and a lot of it is doing the things that are outlined in this article. So I'm going to post the article, but those are my thoughts. And remember, if you don't want if you don't want to be happy, then you're going to be happy, and you got to make that. You're not going to rely on anybody else as you. You're going to be happy, and you're going to make the best of the situation you're in. And if you can't make the best of any situation, then of the situation that you're in, to get that you're in to get out. I'm ABC. Thanks for listening. You can catch me on social media at ABC or whatever social media you're on. Uh, I mainly use True Social and Facebook, and I'm starting like with TikTok, and I'll probably get back into X pretty soon. So look for me there. Also, you can follow my pages on Facebook, the ABC Podcast, or Jesse Ramsey ABC, or even friend my personal profile. You see my pictures there. Um, and you can also listen to the show here on Block Talk Radio. You can you can hear it. I haven't uploaded the latest episodes of SoundCloud yet. I've been kind of lazy, but you can always catch my podcast here on Block Talk Radio. And then if you search the ABC Podcast on Block Talk Radio on Apple Podcasts, you can get the you can get the episodes there. And then what I do is I usually I usually upload the high quality uh the high quality audio now so that it doesn't sound all crappy like Blog Talk Radio like sometimes does. So so there's that. But yeah. Thanks for listening. I do this every day from eleven to twelve. Uh, and then my numbers there is five six three nine 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 three five nine six. Call in if you have any questions, comments or concerns or just listen to the or just listen to the monologue. Also, you can email me at jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E, at jrebsyabc.com. So there's that. So all kinds of ways you can get a hold of me. Send me emails, send me private messages, whatever. Let me know. Let me know what's your thoughts. And if you want me to read something on the air, I absolutely will. I've done it before, and I'll do it again. So that's that. Thanks for listening. I'm ABC. Again, we do it every day from 11 to 12, and then Saturdays from 4 to 6. So be here or be square, and that's it. I'm ABC. I'm out. Peace. Remember, the future is what you make of it. Now go out there and make the dating world a better place.